Alexa is now good and ready to stream your WIA national news from the hub on VK1 WIA. From Australia, this is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. Good morning from Lee Moyle, VK3GK, WIA Vice President. WIA Board announces new president. The Wiles Institute of Australia, WIA Board of Directors, convened their first meeting after the 2021 AGM, which is when the President and Vice President are appointed and all new directors are welcomed to the Board. Firstly, all returning and new directors were congratulated on their appointments and then we all welcome new director Peter Schrader, VK4EA, to the WIA Board. The WA Board of Directors are proud to announce the appointments of Scott Williams, VK3KJ, as new WIA President and Lee Moyle, VK3GK, will continue as Vice President. All the Directors thanked past President Greg Kelly, VK2GPK, for his commitment and contribution to the WIA during his past presidential tenure. Greg Kelly continues on the WIA Board as a valuable resource and support to assist new President Scott Williams as he transitions into the role. A general meeting followed with some excellent initiatives tabled, including a focus on the aspects of increasing our utilisation of social media platforms and Memnet for information delivery to our WIA membership base. The board undertook a range of discussions focused towards improvements on the level of customer service to members. It was acknowledged that the WIA board must introduce system enhancements to triage member feedback and concerned. With a goal to address matters more timely and efficiently, the mood was very upbeat as we look forward to the coming year ahead. Seven threes from Lee, VK3GK. Thanks, Lee. Yes, this is the WIA National News. It is for week commencing July 18, 2021. And good to see more use of social media and Memnet being planned in the future. Of course, the big thing is you have to have something to put in it. OK, let's get on with the news. And this is the news. No spin. The direct truth not one man's opinion. However, one man that does know what's going on in the world is Jason, VK2LAW. Hello. Hidden radios in home devices, the next cyber threat? Did you know that your Internet of Things devices are secretly communicating with each other? This includes IoT devices that are not in your home. Did you know that what your devices do may be transmitted to third parties? Did you know that your TV may also have the capability and may currently be transmitting your activity far and wide? There are secret communications occurring between IoT devices using protocols like Bluetooth LE, Zigbee, Thread, 802.15 and LoRa that you likely didn't expect or was not explained when you bought these devices. Just like Amazon Echo has been conscripted to work with the Amazon Sidewalk Mesh Network, other networks are in operation and some are completely unknown. News from Region 1. Swiss radio amateurs face fee to use QO100. The Swiss communications regulator charges just over 100 Australian dollars, 70 Swiss francs, to issue radio amateurs with special permits to use the QO100 amateur satellite transponders. A post on the USKA website indicates they wish to protect license-exempt users in 2.4 GHz and reserves the right to withdraw the special permit if there are any problems. 
The special permit entitles the holder to use a transmitter with a maximum output of 100 watts PEP for a satellite uplink in the 2400 to 2410 MHz range. The RSGB ran an amateur radio survey in May as part of its input to an IARU workshop and over 1,000 people responded and gave their views of the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats for amateur radio both currently and in the future. A summary of the responses has been published in the August RADCOM and you can also read the summary by following a link on the RSGB survey webpage. Imagine powering your own handheld simply by using your body instead of a battery. News editor Graham VK4 Baker Baker tells us about some research in Israel that makes that sound more real than you may think. It's all thanks to piezoelectricity. Here's the story from the Times of Israel Graham filed this week to Amateur Radio Newsline. The accumulation of electrical charges from solid materials is actually not a new concept, at least in the lab. Now researchers at Tel Aviv University believe this nanotechnology will one day be able to power medical devices, such as pacemakers, by transforming the body's mechanical movements into electricity. Now that's because they've discovered a way to do this using materials that are non-toxic, making them safe for implantation into the body. The research was published recently in the journal Nature Communications. Now the time has come for this to be tried out on humans. The lead researcher, Professor A. Wood Garzett, said the practical applications extend beyond medicine. He said the device could also power streetlights simply by being placed on the road to capture energy from tyre movement. We hams, of course, will be watching and waiting for results of this new development in green energy. For those of us who operate portable or mobile, it certainly puts all kinds of possibilities for power in motion. News from Region 2. In the USA, mobile antenna hits a bump in the road. This story is of a mobile antenna travelling down the road to trouble. Mike Askins, Kilo Echo 5, Charlie X-Ray Papa tells us how it happened. There's nothing like the freedom of having a mobile antenna. And many hams who have at least one will tell you it's a game changer when they're on the road. But when is an antenna too much antenna? According to the California Highway Patrol, it's too much antenna when it's a satellite dish attached to the hood of your car. On July 2nd, a motorist with just that configuration was pulled over by an officer who identified it as a, quote, visual obstruction, unquote. Police said the dish seemed to be an antenna like those that connect to the Starlink service, which SpaceX introduced in its beta stage late last year. According to news accounts in the New York Post newspaper and CNBC, the motorist explained to the officer that the antenna was used for business and it provides a necessary Wi-Fi connection for the car. When the officer asked whether it impeded driving in any way, the motorist reportedly said that visibility was an issue only when making right turns. He was given a ticket for a moving violation. A post on the Highway Patrol's Facebook page for Antelope Valley recounted the story too, citing a section of the California Vehicle Code, which makes the mounting of visual obstructions on the hood of a vehicle to be illegal. That apparently applied to this vehicle, which was a red Toyota Prius. Now, perhaps the driver would have had better luck if he'd been driving something older, say, one from the 60s or 70s. We're thinking of one Chrysler Motors model in particular. It was called the Plymouth Satellite. For Amateur Radio Newsline, 
I'm Mike Askins, KE5CXP. Thanks, Mike. Now to Young Caribbean Nation formalising amateur radio guidelines. With a population of just 71,000, the Caribbean island of Dominica, Juliet 7, boasts a modest but active ham radio population. Given Dominica's vulnerability to hurricanes, the ham radio emphasis often focuses on emergency communication support. In 2017, after Hurricane Maria hit the tiny island, ham radio filled a huge telecommunications gap. Now, the country's telecommunications regulator is asking hams to help formulate new amateur radio guidelines and standards. They've been collecting comments from amateurs that could lead to a formal and better documented set of rules and regulations. Interestingly, their regulators also looked at Australia's amateur radio rules. The proposals would provide for three licence classes, novice, general and advanced, as well as licensing procedures for both. For WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. RD or Remembrance Tech on Decibel Vehicles 1415. Alara Contest. Combined phone and CW run over 24 hours starting on Saturday 28th of August at 0600 hours UTC. Finishing Sunday 29th of August at 0559 hours UTC. Oceania Contest. Voice from 0800 hours UTC Saturday October 2 to 0800 hours UTC Sunday October 3. CW from 0800 hours UTC Saturday October 9 to 0800 hours UTC Sunday October 10. Spring VHF UHF field days November 27, 28. December 4 and 5, 160 metres worldwide. December 11, 12, 10 metres worldwide. DX window. Be listening between July 17 and 25 for members of the Quido Radio Club who will be on the air as HD1 QRC90. The club is marking its 90th anniversary. They will be on the air on all bands and all modes. QSL via the Eagle, that is, EA5GL. LZ950, Bulgaria, special event. Members of the Bulgarian Radio Club, Black Osinik, LZ1KCP, Continue their year-long activities to honour the memory of Orthodox Saints during July with the call sign LZ950TM. QSOs count towards the All Saints 2021 award. Oh, and the special event station for August is LZ363ER. Russia. Call sign R100KOMI celebrates the 100th anniversary of the Komi Republic until the end of September. Portugal CT, CQ750RSI throughout 2021, commemorates the 750th anniversary of the birth of Elizabeth Baragon, the Queen Consort of Portugal and the patron saint of their city of Coimbra. QSL to home call CT7AQD. Finland, OH, special event station OH100SRAL as QRV during all of 2021 to celebrate the centennial of the Finnish Amateur Radio League. 
QSL via Bureau. Argentina, LU. Special Event Station L21RCA is QRB during all of 2021. To celebrate the 100th anniversary of the IARU Member Society, Radio Club Argentina. The Slovenian Amateur Radio Union will celebrate the country's 30 years of independence by issuing a special award eligible to amateur radio enthusiasts all over the world. For this event, until December 31, Slovenian amateur radio stations can use the special call sign. Those will add the number 30 into the suffix. Poland. Special event stations SN0ZOSP and SN100ZOSP are QRB until February 5, 2022. To celebrate the 100th anniversary of the Association of the Voluntary Fire Brigades of the Republic of Poland. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Hi, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is the Q News Workbench, the Nuts and Volts Report. You've guessed it. It's where we measure twice, cut once. Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak spoke out on the R2R issue during a recent appearance on Cameo, a website that lets fans pay celebrities for video messages. In a post to Louis Rossman, a YouTube personality and R2R, the right to repair advocate, Wozniak said that he was totally supportive of the cause, which gives customers the right and information to fix their own devices. I do a lot of cameos, but this one has really gotten to me, he said in the nine-minute video. We wouldn't have had an Apple had I not grown up in a very open technological world. The right to repair movement has gained ground lately. In the United Kingdom, new measures have been introduced to require manufacturers of televisions, washing machines and refrigerators to provide spare parts to consumers. Wozniak, for his part, shared how he had learnt to build and modify his own devices from a young age, including with a ham radio licence at 10 years old, WV6VLY. Back then, when you bought things like TVs and radios, every bit of the circuit and designs were included on paper. Total open source, he said. If you knew what you were doing, you could repair a lot of things at low cost. But it's even more precious to know that you did it yourself. Now, special interest group news with Cole, VK3GTV. Hello, and our first category is Worldwide Special Interest Group, CW. To celebrate the first anniversary of the international group, the Slow Morse Club on Facebook, the special call signs TM1SMC France, GB1SMC England, and EI1SMC for Ireland will be active between July 17th to 25th, so that's happening right now. This group aims to encourage new operators and shortwave listeners to learn Morse code, but also to bring together those who enjoy CW at a more relaxing pace. The group already brings together more than 1,800 members around the globe. The callsign TM1SMC will be active on the bands between 80 through to 2 metres on CW and SSB, and a special paper QSL card will be sent by the Bureau to each station present in the log and to shortwave listeners who request it. Please send QSL and SWL reports via QSL Manager F4IIQ, and for more info about the event, visit the TM1SMCQRZ.com webpage. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. 
You'll recall how the Mauritius Amateur Radio Society said Miasat 1 awards would be issued on the occasion of the deployment in space of the first Mauritian nano satellite, which was open to all shortwave listeners and radio amateurs around the world. These prizes awarded to those who decoded Miasat 1 telemetry and transmitted it to the SatNOGS database. A platinum award to the first 10 Earth stations that apply for the award after uploading the telemetry to SatNOGS, and a gold award to the next 20 Earth stations. Well, in that top 30, it's a hearty congratulations to Peter Chatwin, VK2PET, out in the Yass area. Well done, Peter. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Lighthouses. Lighthouse Society honours three with lifetime achievement. Congratulations to three hams who've received the Lifetime Achievement Award of the Amateur Radio Lighthouse Society. Jim Buffington, K5JIM, Jim Elliott, KA3UNQ, and Dan Hatcher, KD3CQ. Jim Buffington has had a long career in professional broadcasting and has served the Lighthouse Society as Vice President and Chairman. He's activated lights along the U.S. East Coast and Gulf Coast Eastern Seaboard and the Gulf Coast. Jim Elliott has activated more than 200 East Coast lighthouses and has chased and contacted more than 1,450 others. He received the Society's first Activator of the Year Award in 2009. He also developed a weekly chat room on the Society website. Dan Hatcher has activated 178 lighthouses in 15 states with 72 of them being first-time activations. He's also chased and confirmed almost 1,800 lighthouses in the US, Canada, and in DX locations. Dan belongs to the Society's Advisory Council. Well done, guys. Closely related to lighthouses, it's Worldwide Special Interest Group, Maritime. The RV Braveheart for sale. The RV Braveheart, well known to most serious DXs and has been charted by numerous DX expedition teams over the years, is now up for sale. The asking price is 250000 New Zealand dollars. Why Kiwi dollars? Well, the RV Braveheart is registered in ZL land. As reported previously here on WIA National News, the impending sale of this vessel was the primary reason the long-touted DX expedition to Bouvet Island was cancelled. The research and expedition ship was built in Japan in 1981 and is registered in New Zealand. It is 36 metres long with a beam of 9.5 metres and has berths for six crew members and 12 passengers. The Braveheart, while owned by Nigel Jolly, was responsible for providing a new country to many DXs worldwide. Let's hope that the new owners will be as accommodating to the amateur radio community. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Cole, VK3GTV. From Australia, this is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. Available on RF and on demand 24-7 from the wia.org.au website. Rewind. With Rewind, I'm John Knox, VK4FJRK. Almost 50 years ago, in 1971, there was a week when there were no WIA broadcasts from any state in Australia. Why? No, it wasn't the RD weekend, when many states, such as VK6 and 7, didn't originate news, instead concentrated on the contest. 
On Sunday, October the 3rd, 1971, the Victorian Division's Sunday morning broadcast contained material that was inappropriate for an Institute broadcast. PMG Department people were listening in and were not impressed. The WIA Federal Council under the then-President Michael Owen, VK3KI, a familiar name to many, decided to voluntarily or voluntarily, depending on your university, suspend all broadcasts across all states for a week. That would give time for divisions to introduce safeguards to prevent a repetition. This was thought preferable to action by the PMG that could have potentially involved withdrawing the concession that allowed WIA broadcasts to operate back in the day. You can read the full account in the South Australian WIA Journal for November 1971. Doug, VK1ZDJ, has spent hours scanning and uploading nearly 20 years of journals from 1959, so you can read them online. And see how we were. How to get there? Of course, as usual, read the text edition on wia.org.au. My time is up. With Rewind, this is VK4FJRK, John Knox. On the 2021 social scene, and just remember, due to the COVID-19 situation, always check these events direct for up-to-date status information and Even without COVID dates, many have an uncanny knack of being changed at the last moment. Now in VK4, we've got the Redcliffe Amateur Radio Club car boot sale, August 21, 9am for buyers. The Redcliffe Club will hold a car boot sale at our newly renovated clubhouse on the 21st of August 2021. So don't be shy, book a place for $5 at our car boot sale. Place bookings, email secretary at redcliffradioclub.org.au Breakfast is at 8am, admission is free, gates open at 9. Raffle prizes will be drawn at 10.30. Also go to redcliffradioclub.org.au You'll find a link which will help you to find us. We're also on Facebook. Thanks Rob. Now in VK5, the Australian Fox Hunting Championship and the SERG Convention, Mount Gambier, September 18 and 19... Perth Tech, October 23 and VK6, and the Rosebud Radio Fest by Spark, 9.30am, November 14. Now, till next we meet, and again, congratulations to our new WIA President, Scott. I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia... This has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.